listening to Crooked News, where we bring you crazy news, hilarious history, and the occasional listener story. Though we haven't had one of those in a really long time. Y'all gotta send them to us. We want to have fun with them. It's fine. I'm not bitter. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Oh, goodness. Merry Christmas, everybody. I'm so glad. Um, Happy early Christmas, I guess. This will come out, you know, the Friday before. So Mm -hmm. happy early Christmas. I hope that you have somewhere to go. I hope you had a good, I hope you're going to have a good time. Either whether it's by yourself or with family or friends or whatever your situation. I hope you had a good, you're going to have a good Christmas. So. Are you there? You're frozen. Oh, uh, yes. yeah, you froze. Yes, I see you. I okay. hear you. I acknowledge you. Awesome. Are you there? Yeah, I'm okay. still here. <laughs> <laughs> That's terrifying. Okay. Oh, yeah. At least we're my recording. recording's still going. <laughs> yeah, we're recording remotely, if you guys can tell. So yeah. <laughs> this is super weird. <laughs> yeah, it is. But it's anyway. But anyway. Uh, Merry Christmas time. We wanted to do some Christmas themed um, cricket newses. So we're right on the money about this time. And um, this is going to be a two parter for both of us. So um, it's going to yes. be. Yeah, it's going to be really fun. I got all my information from cracked.com. Yes. And so you'll get um, the first half of all of this today, um, the Friday before Christmas, and then you'll get the second half the friday after christmas because the calendar is stupid this year and freaking christmas fell on a wednesday (laughs) yeah next year christmas falls on a friday so you get a full christmas special next year (laughs) yeah yeah, it'll be great (laughs) oh i don't did you see the um margarita posted on instagram yes it was beautiful we need to drink that for a christmas special i know Um, i know all right. Definitely, I know. So, uh, remind me. Okay. <laughs> so I can get all the ingredients. But okay. Yes. All right. So, this is called Six True Stories to Make Sane People Believe in Christmas Miracles. It's by Robin Warder. It was posted um, five years ago on, oh, damn. on okay. Christmas Eve. So, these are just some really cute stories that I thought were awesome. So we're going yeah, okay. to start with number six and we're going to go to number four today and then we'll do the rest next week. Yay. So I'm excited. Yay. All right. So number six, couple discovers an abandoned newborn baby in the middle of the desert. What the fuck? Uh-huh. In 1931, Ed and You Ju- said this was going to be adorable. It is. It is. I promise. Give Why me- don't I believe you? Give me just a minute to get there. it starts off awful but then it's amazing this is terrible already in the first five seconds (laughs) um oh lord so ed and julia stewart were driving home on christmas eve when they suddenly got a flat in the middle of the arizona desert while her husband changed the tire miss stewart wandered off for a bit and because what happened next was so amazing we won't even imply that she was probably just looking for a place to piss miss stewart Tell the truth. What was her name? Miss <laughs> Stewart. Tell the truth, Miss Stewart. Julia. Julia. Okay. Tell. Come on, Julia. Uh, Tell the world. We all want to know. Were you taking a piss? She was one hundred percent. You just want to pull over and breathe. <laughs> <laughs> Women piss too. <laughs> uh, she came across an old hat box with an abandoned but totally healthy newborn girl inside. Oh. Now, in a hat box? I know. 
Um, so now this all took place a few miles outside of Superior, Arizona, a tiny town which in 1931 was probably only populated by the Stuarts and an old dash out with polio. <laughs> oh, poor baby. <laughs> Even today, there is literally nothing surrounding Their the town. Their dog had polio? No, it was just a joke. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> that was really sad. <laughs> um, but literally nothing. I think dogs could get polio. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I guess they could. Like, I don't know. I'll have to look at, I'll have to re-listen to that episode of this podcast will kill you. <laughs> and see if that crosses the species barrier. <laughs> uh, it's cracked.com. I didn't want write any That's of this. Fair. So. That's fair. Um, all right. So there's literally nothing surrounding the town but a depressing wasteland. So just think what kind of astronomical odds it took for the couple to get a flat tire in close proximity to the discarded baby. Oh, seriously. Allowing them to save her life. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. What's even more incredible is that the Stewarts then decided to hand Little Christmas Miracle over to the authorities so she could be legally adopted by properly vetted people. Unlike unlike some folks... uh, and it has a link to something which we might bring up in another episode. So, Ooh. 17 couples applied to adopt the Hatbox baby. But due to bad weather, only two of them managed to show up to the hearing. The judge ultimately granted custody to one couple who named the child Sharon and raised the shit out of her. Yes! <laughs> Sharon Raised the shit out of it, Sharon! Yeah. I uh, love it. She's amazing. Oh Sharon Elliott never met her biological parents... But with the support of her adopted parents, she did eventually work in the aerospace industry, <gasps> which, considering she was a woman raised in 1930s Arizona, is a miracle in its own That's right. That's incredible. Wait, right? so her the mom was adopted as well? Uh, no. Uh, or is this the baby? The baby. Named Sharon. I'm yeah. sorry. I thought Sharon was the mom's name. Uh, no. That's was- my bad. <laughs> uh, okay. So the baby became an aeronautical, an aerospace engineer. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Like she worked in the aerospace Fuck. industry. Yeah. That's amazing. Isn't es- it? Especially for someone raised in the 30s. That's incredible. This is some hidden figure shit. That's yeah. awesome. Go Sharon. You go Sharon. You're a badass, and that's beautiful. And especially, that's that's really um, wonderful that you brought up that they, um, that you, like the article commended them for actually taking the baby to the police office because yeah. there there are some people who would have just kept that baby. Oh yeah, and not you know what gone I'm saying, and not gone through any to. proper channels or anything like that. And that that's very important. Like even you can still apply after mm-hmm. you drop the baby off, but like it's important to make sure that like. Things are done legally, yeah, and that that keeps things in check as far as like abuse and stuff like that. And it's just really important to make sure that we follow those procedures. Yeah. And look how awesome this turned out! That's amazing. And like seven, yeah. seventeen couples. She could have died. Yeah. She could have died, and she she could have just died in that hat box in the desert. And she grew up to be an amazing member of our society. Like yeah. that's that's who was bending all the rules and kicking ass and taking names that's yeah. incredible Isn't good for it? her i'm I gonna just, cry it's i love fine. these stories they're so oh, great that's so incredible they start off so low and then it just amazing shit like that happens so um oh that's awesome this is number five woman okay. dies during childbirth then just comes back to life on christmas eve 2009 yeah 
um, on Christmas Eve 2009, Tracy Hermannstorfer. Sure. It's, Nailed it. It's hard to pronounce. <laughs> um, Hermannstorfer. <laughs> Herman, ham, Hammerstuffer? I don't know. Hermannstorfer. Herman Storfer. Herman Storfer. Sure. Yeah. Uh, was All of these are correct. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> we made 20 new last names. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag 20 new last names. <laughs> That's the name That's of the this episode. episode. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, she was at a... <laughs> So Tracy H. was at a Colorado Springs <laughs> hospital. Tracy. <laughs> Tracy was in the hospital. Yeah, in Colorado Springs. Hi, Chastity. All right, Tracy. Hi, Chastity. <laughs> Literally, hi, Chastity. That's yeah. where you live. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> and a bunch of other people. Yeah. <laughs> who uh, listen to this, by the way. Yeah, that's, I, I know, I saw that. And I was like, oh my God. Yay, that's Colorado amazing. Springs. Uh, and thanks for spreading the word, babe. Yeah, you're the best, and we love you. We can't wait to do your episode. Oh, my Um, God. So excited. So she was at the hospital about to give birth to her first child, but suddenly disaster struck as she unexpectedly went into cardiac arrest. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Probably because she realized she'll now have to get her kid a birthday and a Christmas present at the same time. (laughs) (laughs) I fucking love this article. My aunt was born on Christmas, and she's a twin. Oh, so this lady can no. chill the fuck out. Oh no! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she never gets birthday presents. <laughs> oh no! They're always like birthmas presents, and and never like a birthday party. No, 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 no. Because it's always a Christmas party. Yeah, that's awful. And she's a twin, so she shares her birthday with a literal other person too. I would be so fucking mad. I'd be like, who and, the fuck hates me? And <laughs> Jesus. <Yeah. laughs> No one in this house knows when Jesus' birthday is. Exactly. <laughs> That's why we all need to go to church. Yeah. <laughs> Do not test me, Rodney Scott. I will bust I your will ass. I will bust your ass. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Do not test me, Rodney Scott. Oh, I would I be it. a great Southern American mother. Yes, you would. Do not test me. <laughs> yes, you would. I'd be good at it. I could I could do the voice. Yes. I practice with you're Star halfway all there. the time. Yeah. Yep. You're halfway there. Yeah. It's totally it's the same. The battle. Yeah. Yeah. It's 100% the same. <laughs> after, all right. After the mother's heartbeat came to a standstill, the doctors tried to at least save her son by performing an emergency cesarean section on the clinically dead woman. They got the baby out, but the newborn was very weak with a rapidly diminishing pulse. The staff then handed the dying baby over to her husband, assumingly so he could get a good, close look at his life going straight down the toilet. Oh my god, that's horrible. That that I'm gonna cry. That wasn't funny, but what the fuck? No! I didn't I didn't see that coming. No, I didn't either. That's when the universe yelled, you've been punked, and her heart miraculously started beating on its own. Soon after that, her son's pulse stabilized, and he began that's breathing amazing. normally. Oh, that's so awesome. That's kind of like how, that's kind of like my birth story, Aww. actually. It's kind of similar. My mom always jokes that I needed to make an entrance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I pretended, I pretended to be in distress. 
apparently. That's hilarious. <laughs> and so they cut they cut me out. Oh my god. Yeah. She had a C-section. That's what that means. Yeah. You know, that they cut you open and disassemble you on a table. Right? Oh, oh yeah. I know. Believe okay. me, I know. <laughs> um, I just, I can't get over <laughs> assumingly so he could get a good close look at his life going straight yeah, down the toilet. Yeah, that's fucked up. What the fuck? That is so fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that's so fucking funny. <laughs> what the hell here look at what's happening (laughs) oh that's so sad that poor man yeah and they both they both eventually um made a full recovery with the mom not showing any side effects from being technically dead for four minutes oh my god that's insane and that's so terrifying yeah you can have like brain damage from that so that's incredible oh yeah and no shit like this doesn't just happen in childbirth. To this day, no. the docs at the hospital have absolutely zero clue as to what caused a healthy woman with no history of heart problems to suffer a cardiac arrest or how she just got over it like that. The parents That's so scary. <laughs> um, the parents later decided to name their son Colton, reckoning that if he survived this shit, he can survive high school with a name like that. <laughs> Oh, that's so oh, funny. Oh, God. Okay. And this is number four. Uh, I'm not going to read these titles anymore. Um, okay. Alcides and Edgar Moreno were working as window washers at New York City's Slow Tower, or Solo Tower, in 2007 when their scaffolding suddenly collapsed and the brothers plunged 47 floors down into an alley below. Oh, my God. Edgar was killed instantly, but Alcides, um, Alcides, sorry. Sure. I'm drunk. Um, Whatever. <laughs> not only survived the fall, but was already sitting when the paramedics arrived. After what? the yeah, after the window cleaner was rushed to the hospital, doctors had to perform surgery on his pretty much everything. Over the oh, next eighteen fuck. days, the he, guy that wasn't awake or the guy that was awake, the guy that was the other guy died instantly. Oh, he died instantly. Mm-hmm. I gotcha. He slipped into a coma and underwent nine complex surgeries during which he had gallons of blood and plasma pumped into him. <clears throat> and you just right. and you just know in all that time at least person at least one person thought to themselves, Aren't we just wasting time here? We don't mean to be Aww. insensitive, but given the height of this fall, the man was on borrowed time as it were. It's only a yeah. matter of time before he woke up perfectly coherent from the coma on Christmas Day. Okay. No one's really sure how he survived, including his doctors. Um, Whoa, this sounds like when we did near-death experiences. Yeah. Um, even, That's crazy. Yeah. Even Michio Kaku, the internet's favorite non-Tyson, non-Nai super scientist guy, attributes it mostly to luck, which is the closest a physicist will ever come to calling something a miracle. Yeah. Still. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's true. Still, crashing down 500 feet into concrete probably left him crippled for life, right? Oh, no. For your ever, for your information, Ebenezer Grinch, not only did he <laughs> learn to walk again, but this past year, he completed a three-mile walk for charity in just under an hour. What? Yeah. Okay. So I have no excuse for not exercising. That's pretty much what you're saying. Like Same. <laughs> 
Good Lord. Uh, weren't those That's amazing? Incredible. That's miraculous. Yeah. I just, I thought we needed some good pick me up stories yes. for Christmas. So I yeah. didn't, I didn't want to get too into this year's stuff. I just wanted to do some Yeah. Stuff. Cause this is fresh start time. So yeah, I love that. That was wonderful. Yeah. And I love a survivor story. I mean, you know, I do. So mm-hmm. I, they always make me cry and tonight is no exception. So, uh, beautiful job. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. I I love that article. That was wonderful. <laughs> Presumably so he could watch his life go straight yeah, into the toilet. That's so fucked up. It was so oh fucking God. dark. I was like, oh. Yeah. Oh, goodness gracious. I forgot that was in there. I haven't looked at those in like a week. <laughs> that was crazy. <laughs> oh, Lord. All right. So should we take a short break? Yeah. Let's take a short okay. break. All right. Are you ready for my segment? Yeah, I'm ready. Okay, I'm ready so, for more um, stuff. I'm so excited. So one of my favorite new Christmas movies um, came out, I think, last year, mm-hmm. or it may have been 2017. Um, I'm not totally sure. I know that I watched it when I think I was helping you move into your new apartment. Okay. Was that 2017 or 2018? It would have been 2017 when I was Okay, so it in. was like Christmas-ish. Christmas time? Mm-hmm. Was it Christmas time? It was. When you moved Like in? right after. Okay. Okay, so it was winter, 2017, mm-hmm. so basically 2018. Yeah. Um, uh, there's a movie that came out, and I'm not sure that it got released very widely, but it's definitely beautiful and lovely and one of my new favorite Christmas movies. And I definitely have to remember to dig it out to put in the big old pile of Christmas movies that's on my <laughs> entertainment system right now because we always pull out the seasonal shit so that we make sure we watch hit it. all the buttons. Yeah, you hit should. all the... Uh, Huh. You should watch Why Him. It's my new favorite Christmas movie. Oh, I movie. know. Yeah, definitely yeah. watch Why Him. I thought about that one too this week, but um, this <laughs> is the big one that I thought of because, okay. of course, it has to do with history. Uh-huh. Um, so uh, the, the my new favorite Christmas movie is The Man Who Invented Christmas. I knew it. I knew it. Yes. <laughs> you knew because yeah. I talk about it all the time. It's so good, and it's got the beautiful Dan Stevens from Downton and Beauty and the Beast in it who plays Charles Dickens, and he does a brilliant job, of course, because he's an amazing actor. And there are a million other brilliant British actors in this movie, uh, one of whom is um, the guy who played What's-His-Face Von Trapp from, uh, <laughs> from The Sound of Music. There are uh, so Gary many Van of Trapp. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I can't think what his mo- name is. Um, but he's incredible, and he plays Scrooge. And there's so many other ones i mean so many other people you will recognize everyone when you watch this movie like yeah. i mean it, it it's so good and so that kind of inspired my take on this because we're going to do an entire christmas episode or you, you know next for for you guys for monday so mm-hmm. there, i i couldn't i there there was a lot of history i was going to touch on in our regular episodes i had to kind of be picky as to like i was just kind of so lost as to what i could do for crooked news so yeah. Um, I was really excited to find this right here. So this okay. is from Mental Floss, of course. Okay. Um, which is, of course, my favorite. And this is called, and uh, like I said, we're going to split this up. So we're only going to do two stories today. But this article is called Four Dickens Christmas Stories You've Probably Never Heard Of. Oh, I'm excited. So, so, and of course, Charles Dickens didn't invent Christmas, but he did definitely invent the mentality of Christmas that we have today because Christmas was kind of a dying holiday at the time mm-hmm. and kind of just an observed holiday, which I will, of course, touch on in our Christmas special. Because yeah. uh, it's also, it's very pagan. I mean, bringing in the oh, Christmas for sure. tree is super pagan. For sure. And, and that, that's why 
that's why things were kind of drifting to the side. Mm. And I, like I said, I don't want to get too much into it because I, I will talk about it in depth on Monday. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually uh, celebrating pagan Yule. I'm very Yule! excited. Yes. We're yeah. going to talk about Yule too. Yay. There's, there's a lot we're going to, we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about Christmas. It's going to be amazing. So, uh, but this time, so today we're going to talk about, um, a couple of the stories that we've never heard of that are super weird because he was a weirdo. Okay. And, uh, <laughs> all right, let's dive in. So I'm okay. going to go ahead and do the intro. Okay. But then next week you're responsible for making sure you listen to both episodes. So, okay. <laughs> <clears throat> Sorry, I keep hiccuping and burping this fucking carbonation. Okay. Uh, so think of Charles Dickens and Christmas time and your mind will probably go instantly to a Christmas carol. Mm-hmm. Of course. Which we've all seen three trillion times, three different One ways. of <laughs> the best stories. Mm-hmm. And I have such an incredible, incredibly, I don't know. I don't want to say deeper, but like I just have so much more. I feel like I know so much more about it after watching that movie. Like mm-hmm. there's so many levels and you can see so much projection and psychology and just, ugh, oh, just yeah. so many things. I'm just so, I, I love it. I, my, my love for that story was renewed, which I mean, we all love it because who doesn't fucking love a ghost story? Oh yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh God, it was just so good. Wrapped in a fable, wrapped in an allegory and it was just amazing. Okay. So, um, (laughs) okay. So Dickens, it's classic tale of the miserly Ebenezer Scrooge and his magical Yuletide conversion proved an immediate success on its release about a week before Christmas in 1843. Oh, that was a long time ago. Yes. Shit. The initial print run reportedly sold out in five days. Oh my god. I wish I could write something to sell out in five days. That's huge. Yeah, that's insane. Huge. It's going to be huge. Okay. Uh, Sorry. (laughs) On this show. I know. I'm sorry. I just find that so funny. Yeah. Uh, Okay. And the book continued to sell well even after Christmas and well into the following year, Mm -hmm. which was is incredible yeah for a christmas story yeah and for 1843 yeah uh despite that success a christmas carol wasn't quite the money spinner its author might have hoped dickens had off had offered to cover the book's printing costs himself to make up for the lukewarm reception his serialized novel martin chuswit chuzzlewit (laughs) martin chuzzlewit was receiving from readers and reviewers, but his expensive and exacting tastes meant that he initially only cleared a disappointing profit of 230 pounds. From 16... Wait, not 16,000. Wow. From 6,000 copies sold. (laughs) Oh. Nevertheless, A Christmas Carol proved popular enough with readers and reviewers alike for Dickens to attempt to repeat its success several more times in the mid-1940s, publishing a new Christmas story almost every year until 1848. Shit. Yeah. Those were not as successful. uh (laughs) Uh-huh. But such was the success of A Christmas Carol that the four festive stories he published in this time, some overlooked classics, others critical flops and missteps, have since largely become eclipsed by their better-known predecessor and today remain among the least well-known of Dickinson's back catalog. So, probably for are good reason. you 
ready. I don't Girl. think that I am, but I let's don't go. think you are either. And I haven't read much of this either because I wanted us to react, react to, to this together. together. Yeah. So <laughs> I saw the title and I was like, yes. And I kind of skimmed through and I was like, score. Perfect. Okay. Yeah. You ready? Mm-hmm. You ready? Yeah. Okay. Number one. The Chimes. Ooh. Okay. A goblin. A goblin story of some bells that rang an old year out and a new year in. A goblin story for Christmas. Yep. I love it. Yeah. He's one of us. Yeah. <laughs> People just weren't ready. Nope. <laughs> Okay, let's find out what it's about. Okay. okay, so this came out in 1844. Okay. okay? So, in June. <laughs> oh, God. June of 1844. And, of course, if you watch The Man Who Invented Christmas, you can see how much Dickinson was about money. Yeah. Uh, um, there. I have been to his house. Um, I have seen a lot of... Heard a lot of things about him, studied a lot of things about about him, about Dickens. Sorry, I keep saying Dickinson. Dickens. Uh, some people paint him as someone who's full of himself. I don't particularly feel like that was the case, but he definitely was all about making some money because he had so many fucking kids. I'm going to say that, mm-hmm. first of all. And second of all, he came from a very poor family, so he was constantly trying to give his kids the life he didn't have. Um, so there's that. Fair. And that's not... And that's totally fair and valid, but we also have to realize that he was a writer by trade. And in order to make money, sometimes you have to just take a shot. Yep. Believe me, I get it. (laughs) For sure. Um, As English majors, we understand that. And that's not to say that they weren't always great or always, you know... some uh, people talk about him overspending and there's just there's a lot of things we could say about Dickens but yeah. we just need to bear in mind <laughs> that sometimes you have to take a shot as a writer and you have to rely on your name to get that shot to make you 5 bucks <laughs> <laughs> so your kids can have dinner yeah <laughs> so <laughs> so here we go let's take this shot okay. so uh dickens signed a new publishing deal part of the contract of which was a christmas themed tale set for publication that christmas because of course everyone wants you to repeat the success you've already had yeah which is fucking impossible for anyone oh yeah you cannot repeat the success doing the same thing you can't do it that's why sequels generally suck so we won't talk about certain ones no no we're not going to name any but we're just going to throw that out there. And that's not to say all sequels suck, because that's, of course, not true. Some are better. But T2 comes to mind. Terminator 2. But <laughs> not always. We're talking generally. The average. Yeah. Okay. So the story he wrote was The Chimes. Okay. Okay. So Dickens spent much of 1844 staying in a villa in Genoa, Italy. <clears throat> money <clears throat> uh, yeah but but away from the clamor of london streets he struggled to find inspiration and suffered a prolonged bout of writer's block been there mm-hmm. quote never did i stagger so upon the threshold before unquote he wrote to his friend and biographer D- john forster quote i seem as if i had plucked myself out of my proper soil when i left devonshire terrace 
his home near Regent's Park. Well, yeah. And could not, and couldn't, and could take no, wait, sorry, and could take root no more until I return to it, unquote. That was until one morning, while sitting on the terrace of his villa, Dickens lost himself in what Forster called the, quote, tuneless, grating, discordant, jerking, hideous vibration, unquote, of the church bells below. <laughs> well, that's a way to describe them. <laughs> <laughs> that's quite, it's certainly a statement. <laughs> a few days later, he again wrote to For- Forster, enigmatically saying, quote, We have heard the chimes at midnight, unquote. The chimes is in all quotes. Mm-hmm. At midnight, that's kind of fucked up, but, you know. I'd be mad uh, about a, that shit, too. <laughs> Italy is a deeply Catholic country. You knew what you were getting yourself into. Yeah. Okay. Don't feel bad for you, bro. All right. <laughs> uh, the chimes tells the story of an elderly messenger or a ticket porter mm-hmm. named Toby Trotty Vec. After a series of chance meetings, Trotty was his nickname, mm-hmm. by the way. Um, after a series of chance meetings with several other characters from a poor orphaned girl, orphaned, 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 orphaned. Yep, it's fine. I have no idea where that came from. <laughs> a poor, a poor orphaned girl to a money grubbing politician. Trotty finds himself questioning. So the you mean a politician? In- <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, just a politician. Uh, Trotty finds himself questioning the growing inequality he sees around him every day, and disillusioned wanders off into the night after hearing the church bells call to him. Finding the local church open, Trotty climbs the bell tower and discovers that the spirits of the church bells have come to life, surrounded by their goblin attendants. (laughs) Your face. I don't it's know. a lot. I don't know how to respond to that. Yeah, it's a lot. Uh, this clearly didn't do well. So, you know, we're just going to. He was clearly losing a lot of sleep because he was being awoken by the church bells all the time. So <laughs> goblins. That's what There's it is. There's a lot of metaphor to be read into here. And, you know, the orphaned girl, um, he's going to kill somebody. Something's crazy. So- <laughs> is going to happen. So let's see. So, uh. There, they present him with a series of visions showing the future of his family and the characters he has encountered that night, culminating with a terrifying vision of his 21-year-old daughter, Meg, contemplating suicide by throwing herself from a bridge. This kind of sounds like it's a wonderful life. It also sounds a little bit like he took the Christmas Carol again and wrote it again and added And made it darker and terrible. Um, (laughs) Just as he reaches out to try to save her, Trotty wakes to hear the bells of New York's... Oh, sorry. No. Trotty awakes to hear the bells of New Year's morning ringing. Look at that. He woke up and it was all a dream. It's crazy. I wonder what... We haven't done that before. Rehashing. Yeah. Dickens leaves it up to the reader to decide whether or not Trotty's awakening was really a dream or not. So it's kind of like Wizard of Oz. Um, after the success of A Christmas Carol, there was much anticipation for Dickens's, Dickens's follow-up story. And the chimes ultimately proved a lucrative success. Some 20,000 copies were sold in the first three months alone. Yeah, because people were excited and then they were mad. Because of his name. Yeah, because of his name. It's just like when the host came out and everyone was like, oh my god, Stephanie Meyer wrote another book. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Which actually I, I enjoyed that book, but you know. Uh, but the story's harsh social commentary divided critics and in the shadow of its predecessor, A Christmas Carol, the popularity of the chimes has failed to stand the test of time. Uh, yeah. 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 Um, and that's the thing is that Scrooge um, is very relatable because he's very miserly mm-hmm. and he can also, you can, well, okay. So he's not relatable necessarily. Um, he, he can be very relatable, but I would say that Cratchit is very relatable uh, because everyone has felt so poor. I mean, we say that all the time at work. Like when we ask for something and they don't give it to us, we're just like another lump of cosa. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it's, it's a relatable story and we all have that feeling is even if we're poor of like we have to hold on to everything that we have because it's we you feel so tight fisted because you're like I can't give it charity I can't give it this because I don't I have twenty dollars yeah until my next paycheck you know what I'm saying but then it's also like well you can't take it with you and like there there's so much to be said for giving to get you know, mm-hmm. and so, you know, giving of yourself this the sacrifice of yourself and, and it will be repaid to you in full times, uh, you know, so much. Mm-hmm. And um, that's the beautiful message that A Christmas Carol gives us. And I think that this one has a similar one, just in a little bit of a weirder yeah. and darker <laughs> setting, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, Because A Christmas Carol, we also, of course, get, you know, past Christmas, we get this Christmas, and we get future Christmas, and we can Mm kind of see, you can see the culmination of, like, this is how shit used to be, you were so happy, what happened, and, like, the reflectiveness, we can all relate to that, you know? Mm -hmm. And then this Christmas, this is what's happening, this is what you've done to your employees, they don't have enough money to get their kid treatment, like, he's probably gonna die, it's really sad, you know, and, but they're still really happy because they have each other. Yeah. And that's what matters. You know, like, so you see that and he has no one. And then you move forward to the future and it's like, yeah, you've died alone and super rich. What the fuck, dude? Mm-hmm. Is this what you want your future to be? And then he's like, oh my God. And yeah, that's a super relatable story. I don't know about this one. <laughs> There's like, you know. I mean, not to say that something with goblins in it can't be related to, but yeah. because Harry Potter, but it's a little it's trippy. A, it's a lot to and ask. A little trippy. Yeah. And it, I, I feel like he was very sleep deprived. Yeah. So, all right. <laughs> it's a lot to buy from a story, this, as my teacher says. Yes. It's a lot to buy. There's a lot of buy-in yeah. <laughs> that you're asking. Okay. So this one I have actually heard of. Okay. Okay. So I have a... um. I have a box set of the Claymation Christmas movies, Mm -hmm. and for some reason, there's an animated version of this on there that I have never seen and have no interest in watching because I only want to see Rudolph. So, um, (laughs) you know, (laughs) Rudolph, Frosty the Snowman, and Santa Claus is coming to town. Occasionally, maybe the Little little Drummer Boy, if I'm in the mood. You know what I'm saying? I can't stand that one. Yeah, that one's a little much. Uh, I love Santa I Claus love that song. By the way, I oh, love I the Little Drummer Boy the song, but that movie is a little much. We don't just need like, a movie. I hate people. I hate people. Uh, okay, like <laughs> it's just it's a stretch. But anyway, yeah. okay. <laughs> so this one is called The Cricket on the Hearth. I haven't heard. Have of you that heard one. of it? Mm-mm. No. Okay. Um, apparently there is a, an animated film of it, and if you buy the box set of the Christmas classics, you can find it on the DVD. I'm pretty sure of Rudolph. So, oh, weird. Because um, I've accidentally clicked on it before. <laughs> That's what I know. That's Aww. what I know. Or it's like automatically started playing because I didn't hit play. Oh, so yeah. They try to trick you into watching this. 
<laughs> maybe it'll be brilliant. I don't know. Maybe I'll watch it. Okay. Sorry. Okay. I had to take his wig. Oh, okay. you're okay. God, those are so good. Okay. Uh, so probably the best known of Dickens's Christmas stories that isn't a Christmas carol, The Cricket on the Hearth tells the story of John... <sighs> this name. <laughs> of course. Peary Bingle? Peary. Peary. It's P-E-R-Y. P-E-E-R-Y Bingle. Peary Bingle, yeah. Peary Bingle, yeah. Mm-hmm. John Peary Bingle <laughs> and his young wife Dot. <laughs> John and Dot. Yes. I love the name Dot. I find it hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I like the name Dot, too. I think it's adorable. Okay, and you can call her Dottie when she's little. It's Aww. so cute. Okay. So, informed by a miserly local toy maker. We well, gotta tackle- do that every time. I know, right? Well, I mean, that's part of it, though, is being miserly. Yeah. This is the time of giving. That's the biggest thing. It's about giving and being with the people you love. Mm-hmm. That's what the holidays are about. It's not about what you get. Yeah. Um. So, informed by a miserly local toy maker, Tackleton, <laughs> that his wife is having an affair, John consults the family's guardian angel in the form... Of a cricket chirping so away, cricket. Ter- chirping away on the household hearth for advice. <laughs> I have no words. Okay, so let me just preface this: Kay and I both believe in guardian <laughs> angels, but not in the form of a cricket. No. Uh, so it eventually transpires that there has been a grave misunderstanding. Yeah. And in typically festive Dickinsonian fashion, the hard-hearted Tackleton sees the error of his ways in a Scrooge-like revelation in the conclusion of the story. <laughs> yeah. So, like its predecessor, The Cricket on the Hearth, was a huge commercial success for Dickens. Although its schmaltzy and sen- sentimental storyline did not sit well with others. Oh, sorry. Sit well with everyone. I'm drunk. Um, while Dickinson's frenemy and fellow author, William Thackeray, who was also a brilliant writer, by the way, mm-hmm. um, called it, quote, a Christmas book illuminated with extra gas, crammed with extra bonbons, French plums, and sweetnesses, unquote. The Times... <laughs> I find that hilarious. The <laughs> Times went so far as to demand that, quote, we owe it to literate... Sorry. We owe it to literature to protest against this last production of Mr. Dickens, unquote. You can decide for yourself by reading it here. And there's a quote. There's a link oh. where you can read it. So, cool. Yeah. Um, I love when British people insult each other because that is like one of the best things I've ever seen. Yeah. Right there. A good Christmas book illuminated with extra gas, crammed with extra bonbons, French <laughs> plums, and sweetnesses. Hey, man. Meaning it's too cheesy. That's what he's trying to say. Yeah. <laughs> It's a Hallmark movie. Oh, That's yeah. That's what he's trying to say. That we've seen 680 <laughs> times. Uh, a puppy for Christmas. <laughs> a Christmas engagement. Country Christmas yeah. album. A country which is real. Christmas. Yes. So <laughs> many things. Oh, my God. 
Oh, Lord. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you got a kick out of this shit. Uh, definitely check out next week when we give you part two. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I'm really excited about part two. Like, I'm so happy about our Christmas specials. Yay! Yay. Oh, goodness. All right. Well, have a great Christmas next week, you guys. Uh, we love you. And remember, you are not a monster. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Talk Crooked. Music is by Gisla Niebach. Check out our website, talkcricket.wixsite.com slash podcast for sources and visual aids, as well as resources to get involved. To keep up with our nonsense and stay up to date on all things Crooked, you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, and Facebook at Talk Crooked. To keep the shots coming, access ex- exclusive bonus content, get a free poster, and a shout out on air, head on over to our Patreon. All links can be found on our website. You can listen to us basically anywhere you get your podcast. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. If you have interesting stories relating to our content, please send them to talkcrooked at gmail.com for a chance to be featured on the show. For business inquiries or sponsorships, please email us at carryandkbusiness at gmail.com. See you next time.